0: Good morning, good day, and good evening. Welcome to episode 157 of Tech of a T. I am, as always, Brody Robertson. And you know what happened recently? So, you might have noticed in a couple of episodes of the podcast, whether you're listening to the audio version or the video version, I guess watching the video version, you might have noticed, I think this happened during the Trafferton episode. I know it definitely happened there. There were random a thing that only happened like once there was this random point in the thing where Trafferton just started like it It started like cutting out the audio it wasn't just him stuttering it was like the audio sort of half playing now the reason why it's been like that is for probably probably a good month or so now my system has had a really bad system stutter I didn't know what it was. I've been trying to like do benchmarks. I've been keeping open my like BTOP and other various utilities to see what's going on. And nothing was indicating like anything happening. It seemed like from all accounts, there was like a hardware issue or a driver issue. There was clearly nothing tied to the, <clears throat> the amount of load on the system. I was actually... Like considering replacing hardware. I was just gonna write it out just to see what happens, because, you know, it's very likely it is some sort of software issue, but I had expected it to be like an update to my GPU, because, you know, it is, you know, graphical free. It's not like graphical artifacting, but my graphics are freezing, so I just assumed, you know, GPU driver issue. It's not even a CPU issue either. I put out a short about this over on the main channel, just because I didn't feel like it deserved like an entire video, but I wanted to get the like information out there. Uh, the issue is actually completely unrelated to either of those pieces of hardware. It's really a motherboard issue. It's an issue with a system known as FTPM. Firmware Trusted Platform Module. This is the AMD implementation of TPM. I believe the Intel version, what is the Trusted Platform or something? Intel TPM is a what is it? It doesn't matter. I don't know why I'm looking it up. Intel Trust Platform Trust is that it? Doesn't matter. This is an issue with AMD CPUs, specifically AMD CPUs running the 6.1 kernel. Now this actually was a known issue over on the Windows side. It's actually been like that for quite a while. I'll see if I can find some of the earlier Reddit posts. Uh, AMD, FTPM, Stutter. Here we go. Uh, September. Yeah, here we go. Here's an article about it from March last year. Or is this... Actually, no, this might be an unrelated one. Okay, take that back. That might be unrelated. Here is one from... Here is an a- here's an. AMD's article on it. So AMD literally put an article about this over on Windows. They don't have a date on this. Uh, does someone have a date? Is this This is an article? Yep, yeah, here's an article. Here is an article from June of 2022. So this was a known issue over on the Windows side and for some reason it in the Linux 6.1 kernel they implemented the feature that caused the issue over on the Windows side. So the way it's described here is this is from AMD's support article. Uh, where's the where's the thing? Uh, no, 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 here, here, here we go. So, AMD support article on the intermittent system stutter with the FTPM enabled and running on Windows 10 or 11 was attributed to select AMD Ryzen system configurations may intermittently perform extended FTPM-related memory transactions in SPI flash memory, located on the motherboard, which can lead to temporary pauses in system interactivity or responsiveness until the transaction is concluded so it would try to access this memory and due to some faulty bios code it just caused the entire system to temporarily freeze but it wasn't like a hard freeze it was like the the it was like a, a stuttery freeze and then everything just went back to normal um and the reason why this hasn't been an issue over on like Ubuntu, Pop, actually PopWest maybe, but like Ubuntu or Fedora or the distros that tend to move a little bit slower is the 6.1 kernel is right now the kernel that I'm running on Arch. Like this is the current kernel. So over on the Arch side, it's been an issue for a re- like literally since it came out. But. <coughs> Finally, they know what the issue is, and there is a patch that is coming to the Linux, I want to say six point, yeah, 6.2 kernel is when it's supposed to happen. Uh, it's also going to be backported to the 6.1 LTS, so if you do happen to be an LTS user, you don't have to wait until the next LTS to have a system that is remotely stable. Um also a lot of the hardware manufacturers with affected systems have put out updated BIOSes. The place where it's a bit funky with those updated BIOSes is with laptops. Usually you don't really see BIOS updates in the same way. But when we are talking about, you know, ASUS whatever. I have what do I have? I actually I don't even know how to have my system. Um just your like your standard Asus desktop board. I'll find exactly what I have. I think it's like a Prime board of some sort. I actually don't remember any of my gear. The reason why I know my gear is I wrote it down on my website, and I check this whenever I need to know. Uh, Asus Prime X570P. I believe that one does have a BIOS update, and various other ones do as well. It's probably best... to to do the BIOS update, because that's the proper fix if you need access to those TPM features. If you don't need access to them and you're lazy, or you don't want to, you know... The absolute rare possibility that you get a power outage and you brick your motherboard BIOS, your other option is just disabling TPM. Most motherboards, I know on the ASUS side, will let you do it. I can't speak for... I can't speak for every manufacturer. I know some of them, especially the cheaper boards, might be a bit weird about doing that. Pretty much every modern board should have TPM. Also, this is not limited to a specific uh, CPU generation. If it supports TPM 2.0 and it has that chip on it, it's possibly affected. Not every system. A lot of systems are just... Not affected at all. This, this is why it was so weird. Because people would report the issue, they'll test it on their own system, and they'd be like, there's no issue here. I'm running TPM. It's all fine. But they weren't affected because their specific hardware configuration wasn't actually affected. It was only these certain poorly written BIOSes. So now I have a system that doesn't stutter. It's great. It's lovely. That's honestly been it. I've always had like micro stutters. Like occasionally, um, occasionally when you're playing a game through Proton, especially get a game through Proton, you'll sometimes have some like uh, some shader render frame drops. For example, where you're playing a game and you go into a new zone, you go into a new place where shaders need to be compiled and for whatever reason, your GPU is not able to keep up and you drop down to like, you know, 30 FPS or whatever. That's pretty normal. That happens still and probably will always happen. Proton's getting better and things are getting better. There's a Mesa change that's coming very soon that should be making that a lot better. Um, I'll see if I can find that in just a bit. But the system starter thing was a massive issue because there were so many cuts I had to delete when I was uh, recording video, because I had no control over when this issue would happen. So if it happened while I was recording something, I could go back to the cut and be like, oh, this is completely unusable, like absolutely unusable. It's fine with the podcast because it'd be like, you know, one or two seconds out of a two hour conversation. So it's not a big deal there, but this is good. (laughs) It means that I am not going to buy new hardware just for the sake of buying new hardware. At some point, I will buy a new CPU. I'm running a thirty-six hundred X right now. I've, look, mate. Look, I could go and buy a, I could buy a seven thousand series CPU. I just don't need it. Like that's the thing. I, everything on my system right now, it's good enough. And if I don't need to touch it, I am not going to touch it. <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes. Uh. So if you haven't done those fixes yet, I I highly recommend you go and do it. It's just going to save you a lot of time. If you're not using TPM, like full stop, you don't need to have it enabled in the first place. So you could just get rid of it. Get rid of it anyway. Yes. <laughs> and uh, speaking of getting rid of things, there are a lot of people out there that have, let's say way too much money. I know you've probably seen some stuff about like you know copies of Mario selling for ridiculous prices uh Super Mario record sale price let's have a look ah yeah where a event a there was a copy that sold for two million dollars uh <laughs> this whole idea of you know, spending nonsensical amounts of money on things that are not rare. Like, a copy of Super Mario Bros. is not rare. Like, you can buy a copy. Like, this is even one of those games that isn't even expensive in the context of, uh, of retro gaming. There are just so many copies out there that uh, you will be able to find. Let's see. Super Mario NES. Uh, yeah, you can, you can find copies. Ha <laughs> ha! Okay, right. This is this is how stupid it is, right? Uh, is there anything on the screen that you shouldn't see? No. So, this is a copy for $50. This is a copy for $120,000. $120,000 for a fucking massively popular NES game. But the point I'm making here, right is this idea of spending stupid amounts of money on things that are not rare isn't just limited to video games. Uh, Here is an original iPhone from 2007 that auctioned for $63,356. Topping prior sales, this is now the most. This is not. This is just a random iPhone. Uh, But this iPhone being sold from LCG auctions is now the most expensive iPhone to ever be sold. It is just a New In Box iPhone One, which, even in the context of New In Box, isn't actually that rare. Like, you can buy new inbox iPhone ones. You can buy new inbox iPod ones. Like, you can buy, at least you could, you could buy new inbox Apple products that were like really old. Now, the problem is that people know that someone's gonna be stupid and spend $65,000 on it. So. Good luck if you're if you're one of the people who like you know <clears throat> you're like Dank Pods for example. You want to go and get yourself an old iPod. You want to get yourself like you know iPod One or whatever. That market's gonna get more fun now. Have fun, guys. <laughs> like I, I don't okay I don't have an issue with collectors. Like I I can meme on the people that buy like uh, Funko Pops for example. I think you're stupid, and I think Funko Pops look dumb. Uh, actually, you know, for anyone who happens to have the pleasure of not knowing what a Funko Pop is, I'll just show you. Uh, hopefully, the audio listeners know what Funko Pops are. They're those those things with like big squarish heads that uh, all look exactly the same. Here is a Funko Pop of. Show me no, show me the image. I don't want to see the entire. Oh my fucking god! Here we go. <laughs> This is a functo Pop of Vegeta. It is the ugliest thing on the planet. I don't have a problem with people wanting to be a collector. If you want to be a collector, like, go ahead. That's great. But, like, you know, why would you spend $63,356 on an iPhone 1? Like, I don't get it. Like, it's not rare. They're not a rare product. I get spending a lot of money... Like, people that are car collectors, for example, that are willing to spend a lot of money to get, like, you know, a low... Uh, a low VIN... A low... A low, low VIN number. Yeah, to get, like, specific VIN number. To get anything, like... To get a, a car that had, like, 500 in production. Makes sense. I think it's still, like... Mm, not the best of uses of your money. But, like, I get it when it's something legitimately rare that is... You know, exciting to own. The iPhone one's not rare. Super Mario Bros. are not rare. Like Super Mario One is not rare. None of these things are rare. Why are <laughs> Why are they selling for so much money? I don't understand. But I guess it's kind of like the it's kind of like the NFT thing, right? Where there's always going to be someone who is stupider than you are who you want to convince to buy this product, you want to make sure that you are not the last person in the chain of dumb people that is going to spend a ludicrous amount of money on this product. Sure, you could buy a board Ape for $20,000. If you can then sell it to someone for $30,000, and they can sell it to, for someone to $50,000, then $100,000, eventually there's going to be an end of a line. But all of those people along the way, they got off the train... Those people aren't as dumb as that last person that spent, you know, three hundred thousand dollars, or in this case, sixty-three thousand dollars on an iPhone one, <laughs> on literal e-waste that you can, like, you you can go onto e- you can literally just buy an i you can literally just buy an iPhone one. Like, they're not even difficult to buy. Like, they are that. They are available for, like, reasonable prices. (laughs) I don't understand. If I put an iPhone 2007, let's see if we can find something. Uh, iPhone... iPhone Gen 1. Uh, iPhone 1. iPhone First. iPhone First Generation. Here we go. Uh... Wait, how big was the storage on this one? Maybe, maybe there's something to this, okay? Okay? Maybe there's something to this. Okay. Uh. Uh, how? Okay. What was special about this iPhone? What was the storage on it? So. I can't scroll here. So, let's see. Wait, this wasn't even the. This wasn't even the top storage model. <laughs> it was the 8 gig model. Oh my god. It was the 8 gig model. Oh my god. Okay, let's have a look at eBay, okay? Um uh, here we go. So, here here is an iPhone 1 for $1400. Here's another one for thirteen hundred dollars. Now, a lot of these will say "new inbox." Usually, they're not really new inbox. You can, uh, considering the iPhone one had really bad shrink wrapping, you can, you can fake new inbox pretty easily. But even so, it's fourteen hundred dollars. It's like. 60 times less expensive. Just, look, if you have too much money, right, just go to the nearest, like, homeless person and just give each of them a $1,000. Like, that's a good use of your money. (laughs) That's at least, like, a productive use of your money. (laughs) There's no... Oh... There are some people out there that have too much money. they just legitimately have too much money and no no ability to reason for uh, reason through what money they are uh, what they should do with that money. Um, and if this becomes like any other collectible, we'll see more of them go to auction and selling for even higher prices because for some reason there is prestige in paying the most for something. I think that's actually a fair point. Like that is actually a good point. <laughs> Also, if you noticed, uh, what the what the auction actually started at? The auction started at a reasonable price, twenty five hundred. If this is like legitimately new in box, uh, like sealed, abs, like le- completely legitimate, sure, okay, fair enough. Twenty five hundred, that's that's reasonable. But like, just buy another iPhone. Like, who? Okay, how do- how does this auction go? Can we see the uh, the list of bids? or can i not do that like i, I want to know what goes through the bidders heads when this is happening right like the price starts at 2500 and then someone bets uh, some bets someone bids like 3500 then 5000 then 10000 like at what point do you see that price going up and then you just check the price of an iphone on ebay like at what point do you think that hey maybe i shouldn't buy this new inbox iPhone 1, maybe I should buy the other one that's not $65,000. <sighs> but, you know, it's your money. Do whatever you want with it. <laughs> Do whatever you want with it. I can't stop you. Uh, but you know what? You know what should be stopped? This should be stopped. Uh, the Mercedes-Benz E-Class is getting a giant touchscreen TikTok And a selfie camera. I think I've mentioned on this show before... If I haven't... uh, I'm going to now... If I have... You've heard the same stories 20 times anyway. I am really against this trend... Of putting screens in the driver's seat. I think it makes sense... If you want to have like a digital dash... Totally fine... Yeah, in many cases a di- a digital dash is going to give you more up-to-date information and more ac- maybe not more up-to-date, maybe more more accurate information and you can show more information on the dash than you would be able to do with analog dials. Totally fair, absolutely reasonable. The part where I have issues with all of these these you know screens in the driver's seat, in the uh in the in the front of the car is it's always being done now for the media center like you don't have physical dials to change the volume to change the song in I think the Tesla actually does everything through their their like media center like your air conditioning is through that as well like how did we get to the point where regulators have not put a stop to this like why are you not allowed to drive with your phone but you can have a tv in your like in the front seat of your car that's more distracting in many cases than your phone i don't think you should drive with your phone in your hand either that's reasonable okay but also why can you have this giant fucking screen right next to the steering wheel with many things that you would want to adjust while driving like in my old uh, my old Holden Barina uh I'll show you a picture of it I'll show you a picture of a Holden Barina not my Holden Barina cuz I don't have a I don't think I have a picture of it doesn't matter Holden Barina 2002 uh not 22 fuck that 2002 uh this is let's find a similar looking one yeah this is basically the same thing uh this is my original car It is a 2001 uh, Holden Barina XC. It is a shitbox, but I love it. Uh, I don't love it anymore. I sold it. (laughs) I loved it for a period, and then I sold it. Um, Anyway, not not the point. So, with that car, being an older car, it had a fairly basic head unit. It had a volume knob. It had buttons for turning up and down the volume. It had a button for answering a call. It had buttons for dialing calls, it had BUTTONS for doing things that you want to do, and these buttons were textured buttons, so even if you're just feeling around from your driver's seat, you can work out what you're trying to do Now, compare this to having a giant fucking screen in your front seat So, how do we adjust this? Well, we're driving down the road, oh, I'm gonna change this, oh, now I'm dead like, surely, surely someone, someone out there has to be like, yeah, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have allowed this. I believe the, um, the top, what is it? The this, is it the, the Honda Civic Type R that has a bunch of dials? I want to say it's the Type R. Yeah, is this, is this? Okay, show me an actual picture of it. Uh, not a tiny-ass picture. <clears throat> uh, where is the... Fr- yeah, here we go. This is the front seat of the Honda t- uh, Honda Civic Type R. You have your, like, you have your head unit here, which I don't think we're ever going to get away from that. I think we're just basically stuck with having digital head units now. Like, that's just how it's going to be. But this is air conditioning. I Yeah, that looks like air conditioning... This might be—I'm not sure what that one is. Now I'm not sure what that one is either. But these are physical dials, physical dials that you can adjust when you're driving. I think one of them might be like volume or something. I think—don't quote me on that. Also, having uh, buttons on your steering wheel. This is nice, and I hope this is a trend that. This is one of the the few things that like sort of gets away. From having the screen. When you have a bunch of buttons on your wheel. You can mostly make do with having a stupid screen. But like. On what planet. Okay. On what fucking planet. Do you want to (laughs) have. Do you want to have. Integrated TikTok and Zoom. Zoom I can. You know I I can't. No. No I'm not going to. I'm not gonna sit here and I'm not gonna sit here and argue in favor of having Zoom. I don't think you should be like I I don't like it when you'll see these YouTubers out there who will record a video from like when they're driving their car. Don't do that. I don't think you should be doing like a meeting from your car either. If you can't make it to the meeting, stop somewhere and have the meeting from uh, from there. You probably can't use Actually, can you use this when driving? That is the important question. It doesn't mention it. You know, I, even if you ca- even if you can, or even you can't use it while driving, I just don't like the idea of having giant screen. Like, regardless of whether you can or can't, just the idea of having giant screens that do not have the physical feedback to adjust it while you're driving, that's enough by itself for me to just hate this as a trend. And the problem with this happening on more like high-end luxury cars is over time this will trickle down into the like more you know your honda civics i know the type r's are more expensive like your your basic honda civics things like that eventually this sort of idea will trickle down into that much like a lot of the trends that happen with um with like apple devices Eventually, and like you know, the high-end pixels, things like that, eventually make their way down into the into the cheaper devices. Like you know, um, in this case, you got like the a bit of a notch here. You probably can't see it. Um, you've got like okay, this still has USB type a uh, micro USB. Um, but the next one I get's probably not gonna have a headphone jack, and it's probably gonna be like no. Honestly, it might get, it might be at the point now where we're starting to see like under screen cameras. I don't actually know what point we're really at. Maybe it's like a more, maybe it's not just like a dro- a little like cutout. It's more like a, a hole punch. Yeah, teardrop versus hole punch. Maybe it's like a hole punch cutout. Like when these trends happen in stuff like this, eventually it makes its way down. Let's see what the comments are saying, actually. It's probably going to be arguing about TikTok. I bet. Let's see. Uh,. Exhibit heard you like TikTok. This will not age well. Probably. Uh, this sounds like the ideal version of picking up a new NFT enhanced, NFT enhanced Samsung TV. Is that actually a real thing? Uh, I really miss the old Mercedes in, uh, interiors with a timepiece in the center. Nice surfaces paired with leather and good lighting. I felt like it had personality. This new development of a massive screen with no tactile feedback in the form of buttons. Yes. Uh, feels really lifeless, like every other car uh, looks the same in terms of infotainment screens the flat tablet screen behind the steering wheel also looks incredibly tacky compared to a set of beautifully analog uh, gauges in my opinion Uh, such a big one for me I've driven a new Mercedes and the digital gauges are just ugly Uh, how can companies who have been building cars for so long be absolutely terrible at developing the interiors uh, for them I don't think they're just bad at developing interiors. I think that they're all trying to hop on the the trend of really really techie cars. Like, Tesla has pushed this really far forward, where, you know, prior to Tesla, no one really cared about electric cars, and a lot of the cars that were out there still had a lot more digital dials. Uh, a lot more, sorry, analog dials. Then Tesla comes along, and say what you will about whether Tesla can actually ship cars to people uh they certainly made this interesting thing at the time was you know the, the the idea of having everything be digital that's fairly novel when only one company's doing it when everyone's doing it yeah like you you wish for things more like the the Honda Civic type R maybe that's just me like I I think the type R is one of the nicest cars out there May not be, you know, it may not be a Mercedes Benz, but like, if I if I had too much money to burn on a new car, I'd probably be buying a Honda Civic Type R as opposed to like, you know, let's say I had as much money as I wanted, I wouldn't be buying this just because I I genuinely hate this as a concept. Right now, I drive a a 2013 Impreza, and it's already sort of like. It's in that middle transition point where I still have dials for things like my air conditioning. Uh, my air condition. Actually, it's pretty much it. I have dials for my air conditioning, and I do obviously have, you know, things on my wheel to control it like that. But when it comes to the entertainment system, that's all just a screen. Uh, Now, there are some nice designs with that where, like, you can, like, spin your finger on the screen and it changes the volume. You can swipe and it changes the song. So there's, like, ways to, like, get around it. But if you don't have a heavy gesture system that is really obvious how it works, uh, this is just dumb. (laughs) Give me my Honda Civic Type R any day, any fucking day, over whatever this thing is. Let's see if anyone else has any fun takes in these comments here. Uh, TikTok and a selfie cam. Yeah, that's not going to end well. Uh, did you read the article? Sounds like those features were limited to the passenger with the screen technology that blacks the screen for the driver. A screen technology that blacks the screen for the driver. I don't think that's how screens work. Um, But yeah, it, do- it does make sense that that part would specifically be for the passenger. Either way, I don't like the screen. It doesn't matter. The TikTok and the Zoom part is like... That's my... That is my, like, least of concerns with what's going on here. Um, I'm obviously the wrong demographic, Lamal. The whole is giving me migraines. Uh, the built-in TikTok just adds, uh, adds insult. The graphics look old and the setup with three screens look messy. Yeah, like, also it's fucking three... <laughs> it's not even like... It's not even just one screen. As I said, I don't have I, I know some people are gonna complain about the digital dash. I know that I know that if you're buying a Mercedes, you probably wanted something more like classy and an analogue dash is probably going to be more classy. I I just personally don't have an issue with that. Like my car has i, I I'm not gonna call it Okay. It has once again, it's one of these transitionary cars where my fuel gauge is entirely digital, but my my speed, yeah, my speed and my RPMs, those are analog. If I was to buy a car that was, you know a little bit newer, it would probably be all digital dash, but it it's also would be less tacky than this. This looks like the dash I would have in Need for Speed Underground 2. As opposed to the dash you would have if you're driving a nice luxury car. Maybe that's just me. Look, maybe I'm the weird one. Maybe there's clearly a reason why... Actually, I was going to say there's clearly a reason. I think a big part of the reason is probably cheaper than actually having analog stuff. Um... But let's just assume it's not cheaper. There's probably like some market research done that's saying that people do prefer having... More technically advanced devices in their car. I'm just not the market for it. I, I'm not, and I, I do hope that I do hope that cars like like the Type R do stick around. Um, but if they don't, hey, uh, you know, <laughs> buy older cars, I guess. You know, until until we get to the point where you can no longer buy petrol and you have to have an electric car. <laughs> which, you know, depending on where you are, might come sooner rather than later. Actually, it'd be really weird in the US when that transition starts to happen. Like, let's say that, I don't know, fucking California, because it will be California. Let's say California decides they want to completely get rid of uh, internal combustion engines. They shut down the petrol stations. You can no longer buy petrol in, I guess... Gasoline, if you're an American, you can no longer buy fuel for your internal combustion engine car. I don't know how that would work in the US, because, you know, you have, like, the state's rights things. So, if someone visited from another state with their internal combustion engine car, they would not be able to buy fuel in that state. Like, there's going to be a point where this ends up happening. Either you always have ICE cars available on the road or some states get rid of the ability to fuel them <laughs> and then you just have this weird situation where certain people literally are not able to visit certain states in their car i am so excited for the next like fuck when 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 would california do it when do they want to stop selling ice cars um I want, isn't it like 2030 or something uh california stop selling gas cars. 2035. 2035, they want to stop selling new gasoline cars. Let's say... 20... 2050? Let's say 20... 20 2055, 2060? I don't know. There will be a point where they straight up try to ban them off the road. And then, you know, some some dude comes over from I don't, fucking Texas. Drives all the way from Texas in his... Uh, in his diesel pickup truck and it's just like well I can't feel anything here I can't be here I think until the thing that will definitely keep petrol around as long as possible is uh, oh, I guess it's diesel that no take back what I said because um, trucks run on diesel uh, that completely ruins my point um I don't yeah there actually might come a point where you just can't feel you can't fill a gasoline car in in uh, in some of these states, which will be fun, and I'm 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 so excited for the news stories that'll be available then when we're at you know, uh, Tech of a T episode four hundred in in uh. No wait, it'd be like, wait no four hundred be in like five years from now. Episode like um, a hundred two hundred for four years, two fifty for five years. So, like, what? 500. Episode 1400 in 25 years from now. Uh, <laughs> ranting about how California, you're not able to buy gasoline. Because <laughs> it'll happen. Like, if you think it's not going to happen, I- I'll be very surprised. Like, unless we realize something... Something crazy and... You know, there's there's just no ability to keep pushing towards maybe not electric cars but hydrogen cars or something else. It'll happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I'm gonna love it. Um, but anyway, speaking of electric cars and the uh, the fun state of of things that shouldn't be on the road, um, let's talk about everyone's favorite car company. Tesla. Here. Uh, Tesla to recall. 362,758 cars because the full self-driving beta is dangerous. Uh, the, Nash- the NHTSA, the National Highway Highway Traffic Safety Administration, believes uh, FSD beta is dangerous. Um The FSD beta system may allow the vehicle to act unsafe around intersections, such as traveling straight through an intersection while in a turn-only lane, entering a stop sign-controlled intersection without without coming to a complete stop, or proceeding into an intersection during a steady yellow traffic signal without due caution. Additionally, NHTSA says that the system may respond insufficiently to changes in posted speed limits or not adequately account for the driver's adjustment of the vehicle speed to exceed posted speed limits. According to the timeline published by the nation's auto safety regulator, NHTSA told Tesla on January 25th that I had concerns about the FSD beta's driving behavior, and asked Tesla to issue a recall. After a couple of weeks of discussions, Tesla apparently did not concur with the agency, but decided to issue a recall anyway, perhaps reading the uh, perhaps reading the writing on the wall. Okay. Now, FSD is one of those weird things. Like, I want, I-, I genuinely want, there to be a world where full self-driving is possible. And I've said it before. I'm kind of like super, super red pill. No, maybe not red. Super, super. What? What's the? What's the? The the pill about being excited for the future? The opposite of the doomer pill. I don't remember. Um, It's not a zoomer pill either. Uh, whatever. I I am very. I have very little concerns over what AI is capable of. I know that now that we're getting into like AI art and things like that, people are trying to find every single thing they can nitpick on saying that, you know, look, so AI is not ready. AI is never going to be ready. And right now it definitely isn't. But I don't think that if you give enough time and give enough data to the model, there's anything special about the way that we approach, uh, approach problem solving That cannot be done with a neural network. I do think at a point. We will have full self-driving. That is as good or better than a human driver. The issue is right now. We are beta testing software. That can kill you. We are beta testing full self-driving. On highways. Driving at a hundred kilometers an hour and the system is, is in a beta. Like, this is another one of those things where I don't understand who was like, hey, so, guys, you know how Tesla is doing that full self-driving beta thing? Do we have an issue with that happening on public roads? Well, you know, it is what it is, boys. It is what it is. <laughs> like, I don't know how we are in this situation where straight up beta software is allowed to be tested on public roads. Like I, I know a lot of the other companies, don't they have issues getting um getting the rights to test things on public roads? I believe that Mercedes was it Mercedes that was having issues? Um uh public road test car uh, self driving. I believe there were some other companies that couldn't do stuff. Uh... there I know there have definitely been uh like there have definitely been like controlled tests where you have a single car. That has been doing stuff, um, but in the case of Tesla, it's a public beta. Like anyone, anyone who has a Tesla that has a uh, car that's applicable to the program can just can just use can just use this. That has shown been shown in many many cases to um be a little bit dumb. I'll see if I can find a video of it actually. Um, There was this video I saw the other day. Is this the one? I think I shared it on Twitter. Oh, yes! Yes, here it is. I guess I shared it on Twitter, but here's the other post on Mastodon instead. Uh, Can I? Yeah, there we go. That works. Um. So this right here is a freight train. And if you look at the the little up, up, on-screen display here. I'm going to mute the audio because I'm pretty sure that's copyrighted. Uh, it, does, <laughs> it doesn't think it's a train. The car is trying to, also you can see here, the car is actually trying to, like, path in between them. Luckily, there is a fucking red light here. Luckily, there is a goddamn red light, because this car is trying to work out ways that it can go between the trucks. But it's not trucks. It's a fucking freight train. <laughs> this car doesn't even know... What... It Look, okay. Technically, on a sheer technical basis, I guess a freight train is a sequence of trucks. But, like... It's not actually a sequence of trucks You can't go between the trucks uh, And there's there's countless other demos like that Where it's just like <sighs> Stop And There's been demos where uh, It's seen like red buildings And thought the building was a stop sign But then other times sees a stop sign Doesn't realise the stop sign is a stop sign can we not like test this? Can we not test this on public road? Like test this on public cars on public roads? I get that the data, like, this is one of the, this is the like weird, this is the weird um, dichotomy here. You need more data to make these FSD systems safe, but you can't test them safely without them already being safe. So you need to have a system that is safe, but it only gets safe by not being safe. This is what's happening! <laughs> Honestly, I'd be much more in favor of the FSD thing happening a lot slower, but not happening on public uh or like with public cars. of public cars with uh, with just general cars. Um but anyway, if you happen to have a uh Model S between 2016 and 2023. Uh, Model X between 2016 and 2023. Model 3 between 2017 and 2023. And a Model Y between 2020 and 2023. Basically, if you have a Tesla... <laughs> Basically, if you have a Tesla from the past five years, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're probably in place uh, for a recall. Um, this is not the first recall, and this is also not the first recall... Related to uh, FSD. The last one was for 11,000 cars. uh, Due to the version's propensity to break inappropriately. Leading to multiple complaints. I love it. It's so dumb. It's so dumb! Why? Stop. Just... Drive the car yourself. And then, let alone the fact that people... There there are people out there who don't realize that it's a beta. They think that when they're getting FSD, it's like, you know... They think it's like 2050. They think that we actually have FSD that is like actually full FSD. FSD sleeping. I'm sure you guys have seen this. Um, Here is... FSD sleep compilation. Surely someone's done a compilation. Oh. Uh is this. Yeah, this is a video from Mental Outlaw. Sure, this works. So is this random person just sleeping, letting the car drive down the road? Uh here is I'm just gonna jump through this till so I find the actual uh ones I want to show you. Here is a... Oh, here's a compilation probably from TikTok. Yep. Here's some old dude. Here's some random other person. Here's another person. Like, the biggest issue I have with the FSD, not just the fact... Also, I think this is a police chase. Yeah, this is a police chase where the car wouldn't stop because it's using FSD, and the car has no ability to detect... Um. To, to, to detect police sirens or police lights. It just doesn't know what they are. and just keeps going. <laughs> How that is allowed, I don't know. Uh, is there any th- more? Oh, here's another one. I think we saw this one just before. Yeah, this is uh, one of the pictures I just saw. Both, peop- this is, both people are sleeping. They're both stupid. Like, you would think you would have, like, one stupid person in the Tesla. But no, no, they're both dumb. The, I, look, okay, maybe, maybe the woman here. Wait, who's the driver? Uh, no, the woman's the driver here. It's the other dude. May, maybe, or wait, is it the other way around? I can't tell from this perspective. No, no, this would be a U.S. car, so it would be the guy driving. The woman's just sleeping. Maybe the guy. Maybe, okay, maybe the woman fell asleep. Was just like you know. My husband's going to drive, my partner's going to drive, whatever. And then this guy over here also decided, hey, I have FSD, I'm going to sleep. Maybe she's not stupid. Unless it's the other way around and, uh, you know, I'm getting it backwards. One of them is one of them's definitely stupid. Maybe the other one's not. Maybe the other one just trusted the other person and wouldn't have a nap. But there's also the high possibility that they are both stupid and they both trust a car that is in a beta to drive them home and not kill them. Luckily, a lot of the time these cars do drive people safely and they don't die, which is good because people dying is bad. Um, But we shouldn't... That's the other thing. This should not be allowed to be called FSD, full self-driving, until it is actually full self-driving, until it is ready. It is not a beta because stupid people don't know what the word beta means. They see beta and they're like, Oh full self driving I can sleep at the wheel that's all they see and then you have this then you have dumb people that do this and then if they don't kill themselves probably kill someone else don't call a don't call a full self driving until it's actually like proper full self driving now tesla to their credit have put in a lot of controls to make sure that dumb people can't be this dumb uh but there are ways to get around it. There, there are literally products you can buy that will, like, sit on the wheel in a way that makes it seem like a hand. So, from my understanding, if you need to have two hands on the wheel while it's doing this driving, um, but there are products you can buy to place on the wheel that will trick the wheel into thinking that it's being held, and you can just buy these on Amazon, on eBay. You just buy them. <laughs> People are dumb. The takeaway here. Don't sleep in the driver's seat when the car is driving. It is not full self-driving. It is a beta. And thirdly, stop letting Tesla and other companies test this on public roads in everyone's car. This is dangerous. Thank you. But no one's going to listen. <laughs> I'm not the first person saying this. Like, I, I am just... I am shouting into the void. I there are so many people out there who've said the exact same thing that I've said and nothing's going to happen about it. I don't think anything's going to happen until like there's a really like really big accident that happens. Like you would have to have, you know, a car crash into a petrol station for example, or like a car going through the gates to the White House. Like it would have to be something like that for any regulator to step up and do something, because there have been autopilot crashes. Like it's not like that hasn't happened. Um, since twenty sixteen, there have been forty one crashes and at least nineteen deaths. So you know, you just gotta you just gotta kill more people. Just gonna kill more people. That's all that has to happen. And eventually, if enough people die, then regulators will have to do something. Or they probably won't. (laughs) But it is what it is. (sighs) I like the tech. I like the... Don't get me wrong, I like the tech. I like Tesla. But man... Man... Can we not? Can we just... Can we just not? <laughs> well, anyway, um, what can we go on from here? What can we move to? Oh, oh, let since we're on Tesla, let's talk about a Twitter adjacent thing, uh, because it's kind of fun. So you know how Twitter brought in Twitter Blue, and Twitter Blue. <sighs> It's not a great deal. Like, you, there's going to be, like, longer tweets. Uh, I'll get into the SMS two-factor thing in just a bit. Uh, yeah. I guess there's other features, maybe? Uh, I guess when they bring in monetization, if you upload to the platform, uh, you can make money from it, I guess. Whether anybody's going to, you know watch ads on Twitter and watch videos on Twitter. I, I don't think that's the case, but... Sure, maybe, maybe you'll be able to monetize it as well. Um, But the, the big thing about Twitter Blue, and the reason why people buy it, is for Twitter verification. What Twitter verification actually is now is verifying that you have a PayPal account and verifying that you can give them money. And uh, other social media platforms... Are considering trying this out as well? Is your Facebook account worth a twelve? A uh, worth twelve dollars a month? Meta rolls out subscription subscription program. It's currently being rolled out in Australia and New Zealand. I don't know of a single person who would ever care about verification oh also yes this is verification just just to be fair um this program is being called Twitter verified it's um, Twitter meta verified this is a verification program on uh, on Facebook now Instagram Instagram does have the same sort of value to it as Twitter it's not really verification in the first place um but you know, They do say that you get extra impersonation protection against accounts claiming to be you. What that actually means, I don't really know. Um, Yeah, that I I can't really tell you. I know obviously you're going to have the blue checkmark there, but the people impersonating you can also get a blue checkmark. So like, it doesn't really make it give you extra protection. But, uh, yeah. Um, but here's the fun part, okay? This, I think, is the direction that social media is going to be going. I don't like this direction, but it's gonna happen. A meta blog went into further detail on how the monthly subscription service works. Users will show a government ID to authenticate their, ac- their accounts and receive a verified badge. That's actually a good thing they're doing, a government ID verification. I'll give you that. Um... I know some people just simply don't like the idea of ever giving out their government ID. Totally fair. Um, but if you're going to have a, like, a legitimate verification program, this is a good thing to have. There are going to be ways to get around it, and there's going to be ID theft and, you know, fun things like that. But assuming you haven't had your identity stolen, this is a good thing. Uh, Meta will then begin proactively monitoring to block imposter accounts while also providing additional account support. Look, if they actually do this well... Fine, reasonable, Um, but here's the fun part. Similar to Twitter Blue, the meta-verified service offers users increased visibility and reach. Now, what that actually translates to for the, the people who can read through marketing speak is if you don't pay us money, you are going to be held back in the algorithm. You don't get a bonus reach, you get less reach if you don't pay us. That's where we're heading. That's where social media is heading, boys. I am waiting for YouTube to introduce the same thing. It's going to be you if you run a YouTube channel, you have to give YouTube $15 a month, $20 a month, whatever they decide. Maybe you have to get um what is the program called? YouTube it's not red at this point, is it? What is what is the YouTube subscription uh, member payment cost? Um give me a second. I th- it's not red, is it? I know they used to have red. Uh, uh, what the fuck is it called? <laughs> YouTube Premium. Yeah. W- watch this happen, okay? I'm calling it now. YouTube is going to announce that if you have... Maybe they'll call it something different. But if you have whatever YouTube's version is going to be... Your channel is going to get increased visibility, so it's going to basically be you have to pay money, or your account is going to be uh is going to be pushed down. That's what Twitter's at. I've certainly noticed this on Twitter. Um, over the past couple of weeks, things have like sort of slowed. Down. I. I don't know if this is actually the case but it, it certainly seems like things have slowed down in a, in follower growth um, sort of to encourage you to jump on their program. It doesn't matter on Facebook about that but Instagram, if you're like, you know, Instagram model or whatever, you're pretty much going to have to pay that money. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I love the direction social media is going. There is going to be a point in the near future where you're going to have to... You will either be a poor person, okay? You'll be a poor plebeian, or you'll be one of the aristocrats who can afford to pay for social media. And that's how it's going to be. And everyone's going to do it. Twitter's going to do it. Well, Twitter does it. Facebook's doing it. Instagram's doing it. YouTube is going to do it. I guess that's... Re- watch... Watch Reddit do it. I, be- I bet Reddit's going to do it at some point. Um, I don't know how it would work on Reddit. Because Reddit is very much based on upvotes and downvotes. So that would be a bit harder to do. Um, but TikTok's probably going to do it. I- I'm i calling it. I could be totally wrong. But giving an opportunity like this... a giving Giving an opportunity like this to a massive company to make so much money... I I don't see them passing it up. Uh, Long term, we want to build a subscription offering what's valuable to everyone, including creators, businesses, and our community at large. Uh, Meta's blog said, as part of this vision, we are evolving the meaning of the verified badge so we can expand access to verification and more people can trust the accounts they interact with are authentic. Um, Let's have a look-see here. Let's see if the comments are... The comments agree with my take. No, long no way. Uh, so, Meta already has... Every, okay, no. I'll pay 25, $13 a month for Docs Verify, where Meta investigates accounts that comment with irrefutable hate and toxicity. $12 a year, maybe. Yeah, $12 a month is very expensive for Facebook. Um, no one cares about Facebook. Uh I don't think anyone else is Oh also unlike YouTube Premium uh you will have to you will still see ads on Facebook. So <laughs> so you're paying the money and you still see ads, so they are double dipping. Uh yeah, no one else is pointing out that you're going to be suppressed if you don't pay money. Oh, fun times. Fun, fun times. Do you wanna pay $70 a month for all of your social media accounts? Do you wanna basically pay for like a cable subscription just to use social media? That's where we're going, boys! It's gonna happen. I'm calling it now. <laughs> but um on the over on the Twitter side, the thing they did with Twitter Blue actually isn't a bad thing where they got rid of SMS verification unless you pay them money. Now, this initially... Where is the... I know they put a tweet out about this. I know there is this blog post, but I know they also put a tweet out. Um, we continue to be committed to keeping people safe, secure on Twitter, and a primary security tool we offer to keep your account safe is 2 FA. Uh, instead of only entering a password, login uh, find the SMS bit. So while historically a popular form of two FA, unfortunately we have seen phone number based two FA be used and abused by bad actors. So starting today, we will no longer allow accounts to enroll in the text uh, text message slash SMS method method of 2FA unless there are Twitter Blue subscribers the availability of text message 2FA for Twitter Blue may vary by country and carrier now when they say abused by bad actors what they mean is it's very easy to spoof a phone i'm rel- okay it i, I don't don't want to make it seem like you can just like magically spoof a phone but like relative to relative to other means of 2FA Spoofing a phone is really easy. So, if you pay Twitter money, you can use the inferior 2FA system. (laughs) You'll still have access to, like, Google Authenticator and things like that. But if you pay the money, you can access the inferior version. I don't (laughs) understand. Like, I guess they're making you pay for the more efficient version. Because, like, SMS 2FA while being a really bad idea is very efficient, and a lot of people like it. But, imagine actually paying for something that's just worse. (laughs) Hey, I guess that takes us back to the, um, back to the fucking Mercedes. Imagine paying for a Mercedes-Benz E-Class when you could buy a Honda Civic Type R. To be fair, you can't buy this car at fucking MSRP anyway. So uh you know maybe it is in the Mercedes price range. <laughs> like when I when I saw this initially, I mainly because people were commenting about it in a stupid way, I thought they were taking 2FA away unless you paid money. That would be a legitimately bad idea and would lead to a lot of accounts being hijacked. But if they're getting rid of if they're getting rid of F, uh, SMS 2FA, fuck that's fine, I don't care. Like that's sh- good. Do it. Like that that's that's how it should be. To be fair, you should just get rid of SMS two FA altogether. Uh ser find it. SMS two FA serum find some of the bad takes on Twitter. Uh wait. Wait, this is a bad take from Charlie. What the fuck? Everyone uh, read that being uh, being forced off SMS to a fan unless you pay for Twitter Blue is dog shit. The cope, of SM- uh, the cope of SMS isn't as secure as authentication app. So Elon is actually saving us is trash. If it's so insecure, why pay a wallet for Twitter Blue subs instead of phases out entire? It is insecure like that. That is a that is a true and real fact. But. I think the only reason they're not phasing it out entirely is because people like it. It's insecure, but it's it's insecure, but it is convenient. That's the only benefit SMS 2FA has. I can't find any of these uh any of these bad takes where there were people who legitimately thought that 2FA was going away and they were getting like really angry about it, but Twitter being Twitter. Uh yeah, Twitter being Twitter, they they change their mind very quickly. And when when Twitter changes their mind, it's really hard to go back and find the earlier things that you were seeing. <clears throat> but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> just use just use like Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator. Other various authenticators out there. Pick one. They all do a relatively good job. Pick one that actually um, that actually randomly generates codes in a sensible way. And not just uh, has a very particular procedural way to do it. Because that's also a problem. And can tend to happen as well. Um, but, you know... I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Actually, while we're on the topic of uh, of Twitter, I did want to talk a little bit about Hogwarts Legacy. Not about the Twitter drama. I don't care. Like, a genuine, like I, I've made my takes very clear on that over on my Twitter, on my Mastodon. I want to talk about the game from a sort of a technical aspect. Because... That's one of the things that's kind of been ignored with all of the nonsense going on around this game. This game it's a fun game. I really enjoy it. But this game is a little bit buggy. So not only is the PC port like let's just say bad? What's we'll bad? Uh, it's it's really laggy. You have to sort of do a lot of eye and eye tweaking to get it to the point where it's mostly playable and not crashing. On the Linux version, you have to make some tweaks to make sure your game doesn't crash every time you fast travel, which absolutely can happen in the in the regular version. Um it's just like a tweak to like a couple of system variables and then you're good to go. I think also changing your your swappiness also is a good idea. Uh that I think that addresses some performance issues. But the main issue with this game is it's a little bit buggy. Now, they are patching it basically all the time. And it is slowly getting better. But I do remember seeing this clip from... I, yeah, it was an Gold clip. Asmongold. Hogwarts Legacy Bug. Here we go. Yeah. So, I'll just explain what's going on for any of the audio listeners. So, this game... Uh, Doesn't have loading screens between, uh, like, the open world zones, but it does still have loading screens in a sense. These are loading screens that are done hiddenly behind doors. Now, this door that is being seen right now, this door here is supposed to be a loading door, but the door and. The door for some reason decided not to appear. And when the door didn't appear, that means the loading zone didn't appear. And when the loading zone doesn't appear, that means the map doesn't appear. And uh, you can just fall out of the map, which is what happened to Asmund. Now, luckily at this point, he did have his broom. So he could just fly back up to the map. And uh, if you go back up and then just fast travel to another zone... Uh, if you go to like hog's or something and then come back the game is going to force a reload of the map but this is just one of the issues that this game has uh <laughs> some people in the, the chat here are saying this is a uh, these, uh, this is going to be a speedrun strat <laughs> if you can force this absolutely it will be i'm sure there are ways you can abuse this to make uh to make speedrunning the game like very very easy uh but I actually ran into my own bug earlier today. Also that's not the first time that bugs happened. Um, if I just got Hogwarts Legacy bugs, I know there was someone who got trapped in the ground. you uh, <laughs> got trapped in the ground because the loading zone door appeared on top of them. Uh Is this one? Okay, that's a money glitch fails in random moments. Is this a bug here? Is the a... Okay, no, this is just someone who's being stupid. Okay. No. Okay. Um yeah, you can sometimes uh, fly into the loading zone door too quickly. So, if you fly around the map too quickly, sometimes the map doesn't load properly and when it loads, you might be on top of where it's supposed to load. Uh I did have a separate issue today where the textures around me just didn't load at their proper resolution and were, like, running... They were, like, hyper, hyper compressed version. It was like I was running a game at, like, 360p. Uh, everything was just a blur. Eventually, the textures did load in, though, and it was fine. The issue that I had, though, the the fun one, is... I was in the uh, dueling club, um, the the Dueling Club with, uh, with Lucan. Um, and it turns out... I don't know if this is consistent, but I did manage to make it happen. If you use a potion... Basically just as you're getting hit. So you don't finish the potion drink animation. You still have the potion in your hand as you get hit. And if you die from that hit you will keep holding the potion not only through your death animation, you'll still be holding it when you get back out into the uh, into the combat. It's not doing anything. You can still cast spells because you drink potions with your left hand and use magic with your right hand. So you're just running around with this potion. But when you're in the dueling arena, um, it's also supposed to reset the amount of potions you use between each of the rounds. But in this case, it didn't. But it did, okay? So it, when I say it didn't, it's I, I initially started with 11 potions. When I went into that new round, it said I had 10 because I was holding one in my hand. <laughs> then I used a potion because I actually needed the heal. That potion went away and everything was back to normal. And then my potion count went back up to 11. So it recovered the potions I had, just not when it was supposed to. I'm not sure why the second part happened. My assumption with the um with the potion hold animation is I don't think it unqueues events until the event is over. So there's sort of two main ways you can handle an event system. Where you pop things off the event queue, the event stack, whatever you're using, when the event happens. The other option is is you peek at the event, you perform the event, and then pop it off and discard it. I think that the game is looking at the event, and then discarding it once it's done. This can lead to weird situations where you're still holding something that you shouldn't be holding. I might be mistaken. I absolutely might be mistaken and it's just a coincidence. But if I can make this consistent, I think I'm. I think I'm right then. And what that means for other aspects of the game, that I don't know. There could very well be some like potential speed running implication. Uh, speed running implications of uh, <laughs> of being out of work like this. Maybe not. Maybe maybe it's just a fun thing. Uh but if there are speedrunning implications, I'm sure someone is going to uh to work them out. Also, one of the things I really don't like about the game is the cats. Not because I don't like cats, because the cats look really bad. Uh Hogwarts Legacy cats. Everyone's talking about petting the cats, no one's talking about how ugly the cats are. Uh, see if we can find a good shot. Yeah, I think this is a good one. Here we go. Look at this cat. Like all the player models, like the character models, the world models, everything looks great. But these cats look like they're out of out of a game from like 2007. I don't know what's wrong with their face. I don't know what's wrong with their texture. I don't know what's wrong with their legs. Everything about this cat looks really bad. Now, for reference, let's look at a good game cat. Stray. Stray is top tier cat. Now, the game obviously... The cats obviously don't matter. The The cats don't need to be top tier stray cats. But, like, I, I don't know why these cats look so bad in Hogwarts Legacy. I genuinely don't understand. (laughs) They are just bad. Like, flat out bad. And they're made made so much worse by everything else in the game looking so good. Speaking of bad, um, if you play this game with ray tracing, all of the mirrors work. Uh, Ray... Ray tracing... Uh, can I find a good example of the mirrors? Mirrors. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Show me my face and... Some... I'm trying to think of it, how to, how to rhyme this. Uh, show me my face and... And all what what did what did okay here we go here's the narrow. i was just trying to bullshit until i got to it so this is how the mirrors look if you don't use ray tracing and if you get really close to it okay i guess it's not going to show that if you get really close to it it actually shows you a reflection of your of your face but you're facing backwards from the mirror like it's not showing it's not showing your face reflected in the mirror. It's as if you're like looking away from it. And then it, with ray tracing on, then the mirrors actually work correctly. Um, I don't know why the mirrors are so bad if you don't use ray tracing. Like, games have had mirrors, even like not great mirrors, for a long time. I think they just didn't know how to program mirrors because this is intentional. Like, the mirrors are, like, really dirty if you don't use ray tracing. Like, they are set up like this so they don't have to have uh, baked-in reflections. But, like, games from 2007 had mirrors that at least had basic reflections. But no, not Hogwarts Legacy. No, 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 no. That's, that's too difficult for this game. Also, let's just talk about the fact that The game gives a law reason for why the developers didn't have time to make Quidditch. So, I believe there were some early discussions about this game actually having Quidditch. Let's see if I can find it. I can't find it. I saw a video on it the other day. But there were articles that gave like... They were saying, like, early in development, they did have uh, Quidditch. uh, Like, in the works and being considered. um, But it ended up being cut from the game. And then the game gives you a lore reason for why Quidditch is not in the game. Honestly, the lore reason kinda. (laughs) the, The lore reason kinda feels like. Like, it makes sense. So currently. The headmaster is Professor Black, uh, who is the ancestor of Sirius Black from the movies. Um, and Professor Black is known to be like one of the worst headmasters that Hogwarts has ever had. And he doesn't like the kids having fun; he just wants them to focus on studying. So, like from a lore perspective, it makes sense. But it does sting. It does sting a little bit more knowing the game had to bullshit a reason for why the devs couldn't finish something. Because the Quidditch arena, the Quidditch... I guess it's arena. The Quidditch arena is fully modelled. And you'll see, like, players sort of walking about. Sometimes... I think sometimes they're even, like, not practising Quidditch, but practising some of, like, the uh, like throws and things like that. But no Quidditch. To be fair, I don't know how well a Quidditch minigame would go. I don't know... I, has, has there ever been a Harry Potter game with a good Quidditch minigame? Um... I, I don't know that. Uh, I presume PS1, Harry Potter, if it had Quidditch, uh, probably not good. <laughs> but now people are talking about the fact there or the, the possibility of there being like a, a Quidditch DLC. That I could very much see. If they release that, that would get a lot of attention. Even if it's not like that great, I think it would get a lot of attention. Especially... If it wasn't a Quidditch solo minigame. If they introduced multiplayer. Now, here's the thing. Um, the game is entirely single player. However, it doesn't have to be. So, there was a developer. The developers who made the... Uh, the Skyrim multiplayer mod Uh, where is it this this yes this one yes so there is a Skyrim multiplayer mod but they then made the same mod for this game and this game is an unreal game so it was fucking easy to do because it's an unreal engine and unreal everyone knows how it works as um, you can find the demo of it working because it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. like it it needs a lot of work. but the fact I think they got it done in like four days after release. <laughs> so like it functions and like that's that's more than you can like that's more than you would ever think would happen from something happening that quickly. Uh, here is the demo itself. Yeah, so you have all—I think five players. Is that five players running around? One, two, yeah, five players running around. Uh, four plus the host. It's not great. It's not perfect. I don't think you can do questing or anything like that. And the game gets a little bit graphically funky. Oh, maybe it's more. No shit, it's more. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people. I guess. Uh, also, they have god mode, so they can fly around. Um, so that's also great. <laughs> This is cool. I love the fact that something like this is being made. And I hope it comes to a point where you can sort of play through the entire game like that. That would be awesome. And I really hope that. I really hope that the uh, developers of the game sort of take inspiration from this mod to do their own multiplayer in Quidditch. Because if modders can do it in four days, surely. Surely a company can do it. Actually, I just want to check that it is... I'm pretty sure it is Unreal. I just want to make sure because someone will correct me if it's not. Um, Yeah, it's Unreal 5. Uh, Unreal 4? Wait, Unreal 4 or Unreal 5? I'm seeing two different results. Uh... Unreal... Okay, no, it's Unreal Engine 4. Okay, fair enough. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay, it is Unreal Engine 4. It is well like people well well established on like how to use Unreal Engine 4. So it makes sense. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so I, I joked about um I joked about the other day, maybe like a week ago, that this game is probably gonna get oh like it's probably going to get at least nominated for game of the year even though it is very buggy um it is very very buggy I think it is gonna get nominated for game of the year just because of how much like how much of a mess all of the stuff around the game has been um but it did actually get nominated uh, in last year for most anticipated game that was won by Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom which is the uh, new breath of the wild but it got an, it, it was nominated alongside FF16 Starfield and uh, Legend of Zelda which is a fucking lineup i don't think anybody's excited for starfield surely some if it's going to be nominated surely someone is uh is excited for starfield but obviously legend of zelda was going to win that like there was there was no world Where anything else was, anything else was gonna win that. I'm just looking back to the previous years. Both 2021 and 2022, Elden Ring, (laughs) Elden Ring won the award. (laughs) It it got nominated twice and won it twice. And the only reason that Legend of Zelda won over, like won the following year, is because Elden Ring released. Elden Ring could no longer be the most anticipated game, so I had to instead go up against uh God of War Ragnarok, which it won anyway. <laughs> Man, I am I'm, I'm so happy for the uh the From Software devs for finally being able to put out a game that got genuine mainstream attention because as much as I love Dark Souls and I love Dark Souls 3 and I tolerate Dark Souls 2 and I Kind of enjoyed Bloodborne. Those games sort of have a reputation. For being super difficult games. Whereas Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Yes it is. It is Dark Souls 4. But. It got a lot of mainstream attention. And a lot more people were playing it. Than would have been playing another Souls game. And. That's awesome. Like, I, I, I'm i very happy for that. And that also means that we get a Armored Core game. Which I've never... I, I kind of want to go back and play Armored Core, to be honest. Like, maybe go back and play the, the one on the 360 or something like that. I'm pretty sure 360 is uh, reasonable enough to emulate at this point. Um, just to go and see what Armored Core was like before they, before they released the new Armored Core game. Oh, also, speaking of Armored Core... I'm happy for the the they're not even like souls-like channels, they're just from software channels. The channels that pretty much only ever do anything related to from software stuff. Now they're going to have something that is not just, you know, Dark Souls 1 to 3, Elden Ring, also known as Dark Souls 4, Demon Souls, also known as Dark Souls 0. Bloodborne, also known as Victorian Dark Souls. Sekiro, also known as Weeb Dark Souls. <laughs> I need to play Sekiro as well. That's another thing I need to play. That I'm probably going to stream that at some point. Some point in the near, distant, possible future at one point. I don't know. <laughs> I have so many games that I want to stream This is the problem with having people recommending things to you. You're like, hey, I want to play this game. Oh, that's a good game. How will you play these 10 other games? And in my case, a lot of the games that I like and a lot of the games that people recommend to me are JRPGs or they're roguelikes. So they're either really long or infinitely long. This is the problem. This is a problem, because I don't stream that much. I stream, like, you know, maybe three, not three, six to seven, eight hours a week, depending on, usually towards the sixth side, but sometimes a little bit longer. Uh, like today, when I was streaming Hogwarts, I streamed four hours, uh, partially because the first 20 minutes of the stream were installing an update. And I was like, I'm just going to stream a bit longer to, you know, stream past the... Uh, stream past like the the update happening um but then I just kept going uh partially actually no I think it was a bit longer actually than yeah it was a bit longer than 4 hours cause I I got to a match this was the match where that Hogwarts bug happened with the potion I was like I'm gonna do this one time and then I'm gonna end the stream and then I died I'm like, I'm going to do this one time, then I'm going to end this stream. And I died. And then I did it five more times, and then I end the stream. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get this done! Like, one time, I was fine, and then I just... I was like, fuck it. No, we get, we're just going to get this done. This is not Dark Souls. I can make it happen. The only problem I had with the, the combat is I'm stupid. Like, the combat is really easy. So, whenever you get a... Like, whenever someone's going to attack you, and the attack is going to hit you, whether it's a melee attack or a ranged attack with magic, there is a marker that tells you you're gonna get hit. The one exception is with uh, like AoE attacks. Um, like there's a there was a knight that would jump and then smash the ground, but like an MMO, there was a marker on the ground, so you just don't stand in the marker and you don't die. Uh, but with other attacks, like if a if a wizard is trying to cast, you know, fucking A basic task, Incendio, uh, uh, Accio, Levioso, whatever they're trying to do, it'll give you a little marker above your head, and then you just dodge or you use Protego, which is your block, when the game tells you to do it. The problem is you have to pay attention to the thing that is telling you to do the thing. Because if you don't pay attention, then you die. And I have this issue where I stop paying attention. I keep looking at the enemies rather than looking at the thing on my head. It's a sort of Batman-like system. If you ever played one of the Arkham games where you have a little indicator above your head being like, Dodge now! It's just that. It's just that, but with magic. It's a good system. It's a really good system. It fits the game fairly well. And unlike uh, some of the other... Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Some of the other Harry Potter games where they sort of feel more like, uh, you know, Call of Duty, they, Call of Duty Harry Potter Warfare. Uh, Out, <laughs> fucking playing with a golf ball to hit myself on the nuts. Ignore me. Um, this game actually feels like you're using Harry Potter style magic, which is good. It's a good, it's a good feeling, and I enjoy it. Um, yeah, yeah. Harry Potter is good game the drama is twitter drama and i don't care enough to get into it if you want to get into it go on to twitter because that's where everyone getting into it to hang out go go th- go through shit at each other and see what happens no one's going to come out no when 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 you throw shit at each other no one comes out of that fight clean that's pretty much how it goes doesn't matter if you're the one who started throwing shit, you threw shit in response, everyone is going to be covered in shit. And that's Twitter. And that's Twitter drama. Yeah, pretty much. Um let's go from that into something a bit more a bit more positive. Let's talk about a neat feature being introduced to Steam. Steam now allows transferring games between PCs and Steam Deck 2. Uh, Steam Deck 2. The word 2, not the number 2. Um, Yeah. Uh, in the latest client beta available for desktop Steam and Steam Deck, Valve put in a new feature to help you transfer in games. If you enable in your Steam Deck download settings, you can transfer games and update files from one PC to another. Or from PC to Steam Deck. So rather than, you know, you're at a LAN party, uh, you have... I don't know, someone else that lives in your house to play a game, rather than them also having to download the game, and in the case of a LAN party, you know, let's say you uh, I don't know. Dead Space. You want to play... You want to... Actually, no, I guess that's online co-op. I guess you could do online local co-op. That's an option. Just pick a, pick a co-op game. You want to go back and play Master Chief Collection, play co-op. Uh, or... Or, like, LAN party. Whatever. Doesn't matter. You want to do some sort of LAN party. Rather than everyone having to remember to download the game beforehand, now there's just an easy way to copy those files from one system to another. Obviously, you need the game on your system... on your Steam library to be able to play it, but you don't have to worry about downloading the files. And that's great. I think that's just ultimately a good thing. Because you could always do this before. Like, you could copy the files in, like, a thumb drive and just move them to someone else's system. You could... If you know what you're doing, use RSync and then do it over your network. These were all options. But this is just I think the way it works is you just grab you just like select someone on your friends list and then just share them the game. And it's just done all, all magically for you, no thinking about it. It's put in the correct location that Steam expects games to be put in. It's just ultimately a good feature that is is just great to be there. And considering that it's set up for the Steam Deck, I don't know if it would work fine. I guess it would just go off a of base where you—it would just go off of where you have the game set up for your Steam library. So I don't think there would be a difference for Linux desktop either. Let's see if I can find a mention of it. Ah, it does say yeah, it does say Linux here. Okay, yeah. So even on desktop Linux, it would work just fine. It's not like a major change, and it's not something you would use every single day. In fact, you'd probably use it like once, twice, three times a year maybe, unless you're like super big on doing co-op stuff, and your friends are super big on not downloading games, which is a possibility, uh, or like, I say co-op, meant LAN party stuff. But, even so, like this is just a nice thing to have there, and Valve is, like, Valve's a weird company, right? Like, they're a company that very clear, Like, they're a company. They're trying to make money. Like, that's what companies do. But they go out of their way to add things, whether it's to Steam or the Steam Deck or Linux, that aren't going to directly make them money. They might improve the user experience in some fashion. But in a lot of cases, it's not like, you know... Fixing a crucial bug. Making FSR easily available. Like, giving you frame rate limiters. Like, that's stuff that's legitimately... Like, you can just say, this is useful for users. This is just, like, someone is going to use this. Maybe there'll be, like, 10, 20, 100 people that really care about this feature. But that's usually not how you choose to implement a design decision. You want something to be, you know, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, when you're at the scale, hundreds of thousands of your scale of something like Steam. But not Valve. And then there's the things with just like general desktop Linux. Like there is a, a feature being worked on that I talked about on the main channel. I think the video, I think the video should be out now. Um, I've got it queued up. As it stands right now. So it should be released by the time you guys are seeing this. Uh, What the fuck? Oh, that's the wrong screen. Uh, My bad. What are you even seeing? Oh, this one. Okay. Uh, Here we go. This is what I wanted to show you. Uh, Introduce API for clients to hand off between compositors. So... This is a feature being worked on by David Edmondson. David Edmondson is doing this work as a contractor for Valve. So you would think this has some, like, clear link to Linux gaming. To making, maybe even to making KDE better, because they do use KDE on the Steam Deck. No. It's going to improve KDE, but it's going to improve GNOME, it's going to improve Sway, it's going to improve Wayfire, it's going to improve fucking Cosmic... So, the idea with compositor handoffs is, let's say your your Wayland compositor crashes. So, right now if your Wayland compositor crashes every window that you have open is also going to disappear. This is just the way that Wayland works. It doesn't have any way to reconnect the windows and the compositor when the compositor comes down, everything just falls down as well. Makes sense. Um... The idea with compositor handoffs is if the compositor crashes, those windows don't necessarily disappear if you reopen the compositor or another compatible... I think it's... I I, I want to say it's or another compatible compositor, but let's just say it's the same one. Let's say you're using Gnome, Gnome crashes, and you had, I don't know, get it open, and like Firefox and a bunch of other programs that you were using. So the idea here is, you could reopen the compositor, and all of your windows would be returned with no data loss whatsoever. And the, the the fun thing about this is, this isn't something that would have to be implemented on the individual application front. This would need to be implemented at the compositor level, at the Wayland API level, and the GUI toolkit level. I guess also X Wayland. Um, not like, you know, not Get It, not Caden Live, not VS Codium. It would need to be working for the toolkits and the libraries and things like that, and then it would just work. And this guy actually does have some demos of this working on this one. This is the GTK merge request, or yeah, merge request. And this should have a GTK demo. Yes. Uh, you know, I'll even give you his Scottish voice. GTK4 apps I can find. I've got Gnome Jess. Got GTK Demo. I've opened the clipboard one just to show it that still works after restoration. And R Notes, which is a drawing tool. His head. Ah, uh, No, right here. Okay. Face. Not very good at drawing. But now, if I restart Quint, I've still got my drawing my new additions so what he did there is basically crashed up. he ran a command that killed the compositor in a way that simulates a crash um whatever the error code need to be to simulate a crash and everything just came back this is super cool this is being done on kde with gtk windows Ignore the, that fact. He did the same thing with uh, QT on KDE as well. And there's been stuff submitted to Gnome and GTK. Uh, the only major blocker... So, those, the the toolkits work just fine right now. OpenGL games work just fine. So, if you do, like, Super Tux Cart, for example, that's fine. Vulkan games don't. Um, so... Like, and most games that you play are going to be DXVK games, so DirectX to Vulcan. So if you're playing, you know, Hogwarts, for example, you're playing Doom, you're playing fucking... I don't know, pick another game. Any, any game that's using DirectX, uh, that right now isn't in a state where it could reopen. But a patch has been submitted to Mesa to help address that happening. This kind of, like... It's sort of frozen about three months ago. Not much work has really been done. There's been some work to just keep the uh, the merge request tracking with more recent commits. But there hasn't been any more like major discussion. I put out a video about this because I want this to be merged. And I right now, I don't know if it's going to be. And it's one of those things where it really needs to be merged everywhere... Otherwise, it's not that useful. Like, if just your GTK windows are brought back open, that's great for GNOME users. If just your QT windows are brought back open, that's great for KDE users. But what about if you're a Sway user? I use QT and GTK windows. Doesn't. Like, it doesn't really help me to have half my shit reopen. Or what if you're a Pop! OS user and. Uh, all of your windows are iced. Neither of those things are going to affect you. Or maybe you have, like, one random GTK window, or one random QT window, because you're using, like, Up Qt or Kaden Live or-, or GIMP, or something like that. I don't... Th- okay. To be fair, GIMP is never going to happen because GIMP is GTK2. This The uh, commits being submitted right now are for GTK4, I believe. I think they're GTK4. Uh, they're definitely not GTK2. Um, so it's... Yeah, it's GTK4. This could be brought into older versions, though. It's like, it's, there's nothing stopping that happening. It's just... The GNOME Toolkit doesn't exactly maintain GTK2 anymore. So, like... They wouldn't be the ones doing it. And GTK2 is... Uh, effectively dead. Minus... Uh, minus, uh, minus GIMP. GIMP is the only thing keeping GTK2 alive. So... Yeah... This is cool. And I I really do appreciate the work that Valve does. Generally just getting the Linux desktop better. I think, like, I I know some people don't want to be, like, super trusting of Valve. They are still, like, major corporation, things like that. But it really does seem like they genuinely want the Linux experience to be good. It is for, like, their own reasons. Like, they want the Linux experience to be good because they want to have a contingency plan against windows they want to be in a position where if windows like starts really going badly they can be like we have the steam deck we have uh we have linux we have this we have that we don't give a shit cuz the main reason why they really started to care about linux if i remember correctly uh was back when microsoft first introduced the the windows store like they were worried about Microsoft going more down the like Apple route with iOS and macOS, where on macOS you can install things outside of the store, but like the primary way that people do things is through the store. And they had no interest in giving a cut of everything to Microsoft, which is totally fair. Like, if you can be in a position where you don't have to do that, let's fucking go. And if it means that I get to play games on Linux and they get to work well, you? Hey. That's great as well. Like, i love to be able to just download a game, and it's rare that I find a game that doesn't work. There are so few exceptions now that are genuinely balked. Some games are like a bit funky, maybe they need some like tweaking, and they're like bronze and have some, you know, crashing issues and performance issues, but the game works. Like, that's the important thing. The game works. And if a game works, that means it can be very easily improved from there. A lot of the time, it's just dumb little issues that... Need to be tweaked in Proton, things like that. And over time, you just get games that... It's not just that game that improves. Like, if Proton improves and does something that... Like, if one game does something, a lot of the time... There's other games that have done the same thing as well. So if one game helps Proton improve it generally just improves Proton for everything else out there. Like with um, the way the cutscenes work. So a lot of older games use these cutscene codecs like Devil May Cry 1, uh, which don't exactly work in Wine. The uh, codecs are missing and there's just issues around it. Uh, that's one of the games where you can't play cutscenes still. But other games using other codecs, they have been messed around with and you can just... Play them just fine. No issue at all. Now, with more modern games, they use more open codecs where there's not an issue, and this issue just doesn't matter. But, for the games where it is an issue, it's it's likely, like, game devs usually don't try to, like, completely reinvent the wheel. If, like, there is some standard that's being done on other games, they're pr- especially if it's, like, from the same studio, they're likely going to be trying out a, uh, a similar thing themselves. Yeah. Mmm. <laughs> ah, water. Water, the sustenance of life. Um, yes. But, speaking of video games, I guess the last thing we can mention actually, no, you know what? Now we'll talk about this one. Uh, the last thing we can mention is I have more roguelikes to play. This is a roguelike called Raven's Watch. Who is from the developers of Curse the Dead Gods, and it looks really cool. Uh, I I enjoyed Curse the Dead Gods. It felt, it felt like a first, like an early indie game. It felt like there was a lot of things that still needed to be addressed with that game. The way the progression system felt was pretty basic. Uh until you got to like this giant wall that couldn't really be easily over- like couldn't be. Overcome in a way that felt fair. It felt like the difficulty just really increased. I don't know about this game. Maybe maybe it is still going to be insanely hard like that. But this is more of like a... It's a ARPG roguelite. Which is not something you see super often. Uh, the, The reason I say ARPG is when we get to the... The little attack thing down here. So you got all these abilities down here. Like it's it's sort of set up more like an ARPG, as opposed to like. Also, the other thing rehearsed the dead god. You sort of only had like one or two attacks, really. Um This seems like you have a lot more a lot more leeway in what you can do. <laughs> I am probably gonna end up playing this just because I I do enjoy playing my roguelites, even though. Look, even though every roguelite... There there are a lot of roguelites that are basically the same game. Like, to be completely fair. The other thing I had an issue with with Curse of the Dead Gods is the way the curse system worked. In many cases, it felt a little bit too punishing. Where it would basically punish you for, like, progressing through the game. And you could ruin a run... Sort of for no fault of your own. Also, there is co-op, which is neat. So, that, that also would make it fun. It uh, Comes out three days for my birthday. That's cool. Um, look, it's not like, I, as I said, it's not like I need more games to play, but games are always going to be released, and I'm going to play it. <laughs> and you can play as a Red Riding Hood, who can turn into a wolf, because I'm sure that's how the story went. You know guys, when uh when when Red Riding Hood went to go see her grandma and then turned into a wolf and ate her? That's definitely how it went. Absolutely. No, no questions about it whatsoever. <laughs> I guess the last thing to mention is uh is cocaine bear is Aaron right now. So I'm probably gonna go see cocaine bear on the weekend. If you've not Okay Actually, you know, if you've not seen the trail of a cocaine bear, I, I just need to—I need to make you witness what cocaine bear is. Uh, this. Okay, here we go. Here is cocaine bear. It is apparently based on a true story about a bear who ate some cocaine. I'm just gonna skip through it because I don't want to show it all. It is a comedy movie a comedy horror movie I guess you would call it uh, about a bear who ate some cocaine <laughs> that's all that matters and it's finally in cinemas we need we need a we need a good comedy movie it's been a while it's been a while. And Cocaine Bear maybe that. I don't know if it's going to be good. It's only an hour and a half. So even if it's terrible, it's only an hour and a half of terrible. And I think I can I can tolerate that. I'll just get some lunch while I'm out, you know. You know, e- e- even if it's a waste of my time, uh, I I got to spend some time watching a movie called fucking Cocaine Bear. And that's all that matters. So if you... Uh, we're not planning to go see it. Uh, you know... It may maybe if you want some fun time out go and check it out if you didn't know it existed go and see it uh i'm going to go watch it probably probably on saturday and see how it goes my hope is that it is really bad because if it's like moderately okay it's going to be worse than if it's really bad i want it to be so bad that it's just like fun that everything about it is just just bad just Flat out bad. Nothing even remotely uh, redeeming about it. There is a bit... They they released a clip. um, There's a bit about some... I think there were some hikers from Norway who were like, Oh, we finally see a bear in real life. Bears are so cute. And then the bear goes to kill them. Because it's a bear. Of course you're going to kill them. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um... (laughs) I could keep going. I could just drag it out a little bit more. We did do an extra 20 minutes last time. So I guess we can do an extra uh, less. An extra less. Less five minute. What the fuck am I saying? We can do five minutes less than last time. There we go. I can speak. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to be it for me. So... I'm probably still going to be streaming Hogwarts. Uh, by... The time that you see this. My God of War 1 streams are probably over. Which means... I'm not sure what I'm playing. I was talking about doing Persona 5 Royal. But... I don't know. Like, there are other games I want to play. And Persona 5 Royal is fucking 100 hours. Maybe I go do Yakuza... Maybe I go play like more Kingdom Hearts. I don't know. I don't. I don't know whether I want to have, whether I want to, whether I want to jump into Persona Five Royal just yet. Honestly, I I might decide to just not stream it. I don't. Know. I I really want to play Persona Five Royal, but I don't know. I I'm, I'll work it out. Either way, playing Hogwarts Legacy, so come watch me probably find more bugs and break the game because I'm very good at breaking games. Uh, I've probably played one hour of actual content, but I've spent seven hours doing it because I spent a lot of time collecting shit that I don't need. I am ten levels over the level the game needs me to be at. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, That is over on Brodeon Games. If you're listening to the audio version of this, uh, the video version is available on the YouTube at Tech Over T. If you're watching the video version, the audio version is available wherever you can find audio podcasts. uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, other places. There's an RSS feed. You'll probably find it on the YouTube. Uh, And if you want to go watch my main channel, where I do more structured content, a lot of the same topics sometimes, but in a way where I actually research stuff and don't swear all the time, uh, that is over on Brody Robertson. So that is going to be it for me. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. So, go fix your bug and don't have stuttering. I'm out.